And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Lauren Conaway for another edition of Top Startups. Woo! Hi, Lauren. Hi, how are you? Good. Where are we at today? We are in Portland, and I'm super excited. I love Portland. It's a fun city. Have you ever been? You know, Oregon is one of the few states that I have never visited, but I would love to. It appears to be beautiful. Uh, It is very, very beautiful. It is also home to the largest and I believe oldest used bookstore, Powell's Books. Only and you would know that. It, that. it is such a trip. It's really, really well known. And it's a really, really cool spot. So I am very much into it. <laughs> For those of you that aren't able to see us because you're not watching a clip on social media, which I want to suggest that you go check out Instagram, Facebook, they're all, all of them. The TikTok. But Lauren has like 10,000 books behind her right now. Have you, You've read all of them. Right. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> People always ask me that. They're like, "Have you read all of those?" And it's like, "No," but I will die pursuing that goal. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, and well, I'll never achieve it because Aaron and I are super acquisitive about books. Like, we'll we'll go to a used bookstore and we'll buy like twenty books at a time, and it's like I'm never going to read all of these, but it sure is fun to try. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got twelve companies to talk about today. All right, let's do it. Should I go first? I feel like you should go first, but I also feel like you have some very important things that you might want to talk about at this point in time. Does it have anything to do with today's episode of Startup Hustle being powered by Fullscale.io? Oh my gosh, you are so smart. It does. I'm not smart, but people (laughs) that go to Fullscale.io are because they can make hiring software developers easy. Because Fullscale can help you build a team quickly and affordably and has a platform to help you manage the team, Fullscale.io. You know what? I'll treat you like the guest today. You can go to Lauren's website as well, which is... InnovateHerKC.com. Stop on by. There you go. All right. First on the list, Conductor One, CEO and co-founder Alex Bovey and Paul Querna, who is the CTO and co-founder, have built a really cool platform that... Uh, you know, let me try to unpack this. So when you build software products and use software products and project management stuff and all this stuff, it can become a mess. You have access that goes in, it goes out. And what Conductor One does is integrate permission management for web and modern infrastructure, building the identity security platform for the modern workforce. What does that mean? Getting into things easier, accessing stuff and kind of keeping your 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 finger on the pulse of the business. So you've got things like Okta, GitHub, Slack, Datadog, Jira. Yeah, it goes on and on and on. But uh, if you want to understand what's going on in the company and what actions could be having an impact on someone's permission to access the program. So as someone with 300 employees, I will tell you that every time we sign someone new up to work at the company, it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot going on. You've got, you know, I mean, oh gosh, equipment setup, access, emails, like all this stuff. And I mean, it really is, it can be time consuming. So, um, and as well as the time consuming nature of someone that works at your company, not being able to access something, you know, so yeah. So being able to understand who's in what, who's out of what, all this stuff. And then, you know, some people leave too. So you got to be able to, you know, go through and manage that. So congratulations, Conductor One. Now, even though they are first on the list, we don't do it like that. You're either on this list or you're not. We're not ranking them like number one through 12. I probably should have mentioned that at the top of the show. I was too busy uh, letting everyone know the show is powered by Fullscale.io. Yes, you were, and rightfully so. 
but you know, I, I love conductor one, like you were talking about onboarding your employees and it's so mm -hmm. crucial to have a really strong onboarding process. Cause that's your employees first integration introduction to the team. Right. And so I, I feel like there's a really great opportunity here to make things as seamless as possible and hopefully impress your new hires. Right, Matt? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, so next up, we have Radius, and I, I love Radius, particularly because I had the opportunity to talk to CEO and co-founder Amina Moreau. Uh, we had an episode that dropped back July 6th, closing the employee, the company employee chasm. That's what it's called. So keep an eye out for that one. But Radius is doing some really interesting things around remote work, co-working, and, and employee productivity. They have created an online marketplace that offers companies on-demand meeting spaces and private offices right in their employees' neighborhoods. So it, it, the model's kind of similar to Airbnb, but instead of you know finding the place that you're going to put your head for the night, uh, they're offering these really unique workspaces that can be rented by the day. And it's really interesting because as we have, have come upon this remote working debate, uh, that was one of the things that Amina and I talked about, we're finding that it's really, really good to find connectivity in people's neighborhoods and find places for people to go that are convenient, trying to help our employees maintain that work-life balance. And Radius is obviously helping folks do that. And so, so I love it. I love that they're kind of turning a model on its head. They're offering a disruptive service and they're doing it in the remote workspace, which is a conversation that pretty much all of us are having at this point, right, Matt? Do we remote work or do we not? Well, Radius is offering a flex solution kind of somewhere in the middle, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool. I think that there is, you know, there's merit to the remote re working remote doesn't mean you're just working at home. You're right. in a remote location and offering some flexibility with that and, and really the ease of use of being able to find something near. Now, you know, I once bought an office building so I could work out it up the street from where yeah. I lived. And it was just like, and, and, and you know what? I was highly productive there. It was small. It was simple. Um, and, you know, being able to just go up there and, and, you know, I would go up there any time of the day and, and being able to actually be close to home because I could come back, you know, I got kids yeah, and, and anything else that might be going on. And, and I, I like it. I think it's pretty cool, man. I, yeah. I think that's a, I have not heard of that one before. Yeah. Know? So, well, I, and it's really interesting. I got to say it's at this point in 2023, I feel like it's hard to say I've not heard of that one before. Yeah. You, I mean, you've heard of a lot of things, but uh, I, I will say that, you know, Amina is working really hard to change the conversation that we're having around remote work. And I, I think that I personally think that any company that is not prepared to offer flex working options for their teams, you're, you're going to get left behind, you know, in a very, very competitive employment marketplace. It is important to offer your people options and radius is doing exactly that so so i am a hundred percent on board let's see if we can get people working creatively and more productively nice yeah well next on the list ren energy ceo and co-founder eric jen and head of product design and co-founder morgan west have built a great SaaS platform that enables companies with global supply chains to source the cleanest energy possible go green baby I like it. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get too far down the rabbit hole with this, but I, you know, I, I like, I like the green energy thing, um, yeah. at, the, at the farm that my family and I have been building, we've been converting it over to solar power. I actually have a solar well pump being installed today. And there's just like these little things now, you know, with that, it's been hard for me to find, like, I'm just talking as a regular consumer, not even like a, a, a someone with global supply chain needs is it's been very difficult to find things that are electric instead of gas. And, and, you know, like looking into, I'm looking into putting solar panels on, on the house and the government will give you a 30% tax credit on that. And that's kind of cool, but there's like a whole gauntlet of stuff you got to go through here. And, yeah. and here's the thing is that's a blocker. So if you want, people to be able to help you, you have to make it easy for people to help you. Right. It's the same way that if you want people to utilize things that aren't the 100% mainstream, you got to make it easy for them to do it. Right. I think that's what Ren Energy is up to with their platform. And it's pretty cool. So go green. I like it. I like it. Go green. And I would like to point out again, for you folks who are not watching, but listening, 
I'm wearing a green shirt and Matt wearing a green, hat. a green hat. Like we're actually we we did not do a memo situation, but we are both uh, yeah. we're very green today. So I'm a different green. You're like a lime green. Not lime green. Get out of here. It's more so lime green than mine's like shamrock green. Yours is like well, no, you're right. Shamrock green green is actually this good. This is my Kansas City Royals uh, St. Patrick's Day hat that I'm wearing on August 17th. Yeah, makes sense to me. <laughs> I think St. Patrick's Day is somewhere around March 17th a lot, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm only five months late. Yeah, not too bad at all, but you know, speaking of uh, really cool, fun things, and I think it's really cool and fun that you're, you're bucking tradition with your green Royals hat, uh, next up on the list, we've got Grid Rival, and I got to tell you, uh, so, so Grid Rival, they are a sports betting startup, but they're built for race fans. And I find this so interesting. I sometimes wonder why we don't talk about gaming more on, on these top startup episodes. Gaming or gambling? Uh, gambling as a gaming, as a way to game. <laughs> okay. But, I just wanted to clarify that because when I think of gaming, I think of like, I don't even, I'm not even a gamer, so I don't even know what to name. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I Well, and I got to be honest, like, I don't know. I, Mario Brothers. Here. There you go. Super <laughs> yeah. Mario. You know, Mario when you're Kart. sitting down Mario and you're Kart. playing Super Mario Brothers <laughs> and like Atari and, you know. Do you remember <sighs> those songs? Like, I still. Yeah, my kids watch the Super Mario Brothers movie all the time. So, yeah, I hear it and I'm like, what? Princess Peach? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, back to Grid Rivals. Back to Grid Rivals. So they are the well, only... But there is a difference between gaming and gambling. Gaming and Let's gambling. Get that so we're, ta okay. we're talking about sports betting. We're talking about gambling. Okay. But Grid Rival is the only multi-series sports betting and fantasy gaming brand that caters to the global motorsport market, which I think is so interesting. They're they're talking about things like Formula One, MotoGP, and they are the Grid Rival is establishing themselves as a real destination for folks who are into motorsports and want to join a growing community of fans, look, people who are looking to deepen their engagement with with their favorite sport, and that's super cool. Uh, they're they're allowing enthusiasts to engage with their favorite sports in a whole new way. They're focused on creating an authentic experience, rich with real-time cash-based fantasy games, industry-leading content, and a community of like-minded race fans. And I got to tell you, like, I, of course, surprising nobody, I love creating community. And I, I thought you were going to say you loved gambling. Uh, I do not. I'm, a, I'm actually not a gambler. Like, I'm the one, I go to the casino, like, maybe once a year with 20 bucks in my pocket. And when the 20 bucks is gone, I jet. <laughs> that that that's the extent that's of a really bad period. business plan by the way i mean you know you go you have a little yeah. bit of fun but i do right. not what this is not gambling for me is not a wealth management strategy that, that's smart <laughs> yeah. yeah so i just i don't even really want to like get in on it but that being said for the folks who do grid rival is doing some pretty cool stuff in the space and i i really really love that they have found this kind of niche market that they are creating community around uh that is super fun for me to see well i think these folks gambler? are i don't even know are well, you a gambler um not well maybe um not like every day you know yeah. like so actually i while you were reading that because I, I, i'm sitting there and, and we're talking about the grid rival and i'm you know so i opened up my fan duel account Oh my God. Um, you you know, cause you know, I, I place an occasional wager, but I haven't, I mean, it's been months yeah. <laughs> since, but I opened it up cause I, I, I wanted to confirm cause I, I never remembered seeing motorsports in there or regularly. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of hidden, you know, cause a lot of the gambling and, and you know, fan duel type apps and uh, what do you call it? DraftKings and these things. It's funny. They all started as fantasy football apps. And it was like a Trojan horse strategy because they do that. And then when gambling becomes legal in a state, boom, they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're your betting app, too. Yeah. But they don't I, I, I wanted to confirm it because like what it's showing MLB, PGA, uh, NFL, WNBA, tennis, Women's World Cup. Like there's no there's no motorsports in there. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting. So yeah, I think they're onto a niche there. And I'd say the 7.3 million in funding round that they've received to date is, is a pretty validator. Clear, pretty clear good validator. People are interested. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a, you know, I used to live in Indianapolis with a home of the Indy 500. That's, you know, the, the biggest race event of the year and right. they do events there all year. I mean, motorsports are big. Um, yeah, I think, I think they're onto something. So, yeah. all right, next on the list is Econia, uh, look, Econia Labs. 
I almost said Econia abs. Like, <laughs> help you do sit ups. I feel like no. that could be a thing. Like, get, get your abs in six days with Econia abs. Yeah. So, <laughs> Econia Labs. Now, on my notes, it just says Kristen O is the COO and co founder. So, um, maybe her, maybe she's the one person we've ever met with one letter for a last name, but yeah. uh, that's what my notes say. So the, look, they build backend protocol to serve as a base layer for decentralized finance projects on Aptos. Can you break that down for me, Lauren? Not even a little bit. No, I'm not even sure I can. So that's, <laughs> but no, I, I, I give you a little bit of insight. So it's, it, this protocol, it lets anyone in to, in the world, trade a digital asset with anyone else in the world at whatever price they want. So, you know, it's, a, it's an order book uh, and a financial tool where you could trade about whatever you want and do it outside of the context of normal market trades, I believe. So, yeah, yeah I'm not going to pretend to be a super expert in this stuff, but, you know, the, the DeFi stuff is, you know, this is, this is a push towards web three type stuff. They raised 6.5 million. Uh, we should probably get them on the podcast and, and get a better breakdown feel, of that. Yeah, I feel like this explainer. is something we could do a deeper dive into for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Good content. Cause right now yeah, there, yeah. there are certain things that come up on this show where I just admit that I'm dumb about them. So yeah. I for find me, that that's well, the best as, as we well know at this point, anytime we start talking about supply chain, I kind of check out a little bit. And you've been kind enough to take me along on the journey with you. So I, don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not in the supply chain business though. I mean, so. I get that, but yeah. you certainly know more than me. And I'm just like, I'm going to let Matt take this one. Thanks. I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says supply chain expert. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ask me about supply chain and then people can uh, watch me be an idiot for a couple minutes while I try to make Speaking shit up. Speaking of, of, of that, did I see you had a guest named Alexa and it kept setting oh your Alexa God. off? Matt, you have no idea. And in fact, it's probably going to do it again because you just Alexa, said the name. Don't turn do Lauren it. down. It happened like five or six Hang on, Alexa, turn Lauren down. It turned you off. Did it? Maybe? Oh my gosh, did I ruin the podcast? <laughs> Don't break things because oh, you're, you're back. Mess with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never done that in five yeah. years. It, it was Alexa. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I feel like you were an instigator there, but yes, that happened where I kept using her name and my echo <laughs> kept talking to me. And I was like, why is this talking to me? It was so odd. I'm uh, just glad we figured out how to turn the sound back on there because I wasn't able to. I know. And I was just yeah. talking. I'm like, I don't think you can hear me right now. Yeah. If you saw the video, I'm holding my hands up in the air, shaking my head going, I don't know how to turn it back on. So anyway. All right, back to the show. Back to the show. All right, so next up on the list, we've got Qualtic. And Qualtic is a loan portfolio analysis software, and it's helping uh, it's helping to accelerate and deepen commercial loan portfolio analysis and reporting. It's got some filtering capabilities that can help users dive right into an, analyzing their commercial loan pro portfolio or even a single loan, which I think is interesting. I'd like to play with that a little bit, but you're going to get some insights. You're going to proactively identify risk and you're going to make more, dis more strategic decisions, I guess. So Qualtic, they equip financial institutions with technology to optimize analysis and reporting processes that inform data-driven decisions. And Matt, we talk about this a lot on the show. A lot of the startup activity that we're seeing these days is around that data analysis piece. Um, you know, most of us are not data strategists, we're not analysts, but we need this information in order to do our jobs better day-to-day, -day, right? And so, so I really, really love any kind of technology solution that it is making it easier to aggregate and then analyze data to help you make better, more informed decisions. Qualtic is doing that in the fintech space. Um, they're, they're providing some really intuitive, interactive tools. Um, and, and, and one of the things that I really love and we talk about a lot is that 
uh, that efficiency piece. Why use five tools when you can use one? And it looks like that's one of the things that Qualtech is fo focusing on. How can we make information easily accessible? How can we make analysis accessible to help people invest in their commercial uh, portfolios in, in more strategic ways? So, so very cool. They have raised 8.9 million. Um, so again, we're, we're looking at like, honestly, I think that we've reached a point where it's like, we all know you follow the money. When you see startups that have a lot of investment in them, that indicates market interest. And that indicates, you know, this is what people are, where people are going to be putting their attention and their focus. And Qualtic is certainly enjoying uh, a pretty good market entry opportunity. Don't you think, Matt? Well, you know, there's a couple things here. So, you know, I was recording it. I remember recording an episode of the show even a couple of years ago with Andy Callenbach from Lending Standard, and they they specialize in helping uh, do multifamily loans. And he revealed to me that, that the amount of cost that goes into a loan, I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars at the banking level. Yeah. And then, and then also like, so, you know, anything that creates efficiency around that for commercial lending, which are usually significantly larger loans and commitments than right. home lending um, is a, is a good idea. Now with that, one of the things, and you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not positive that this is what the business is built around, but you know, humans have bias and you talk about the ability to like, look at data or you could give five different analysts a bunch of data points and you're likely to get five different answers or opinions about the data, what it says, what it does. So if you have to th keep things within a specific framework, I can see how, you know, you know, this kind of software is going to really help you. And, um, you know, you talk about like the value of it from a lending perspective, if your, if your efficiency tools or your, your analysis can help you make one deal that you, you should have made that you might not have, or to avoid one that was going to be a pitfall. I mean, think about that. Think about the return on investment in that it's really high. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can see where that's, that's gaining a lot of, a lot of momentum. All right. Next on the list, we have Chain Starter CEO Mike Burson and CTO Andrew Malik. Get chainstarters.com. It's an optimized cloud infrastructure that helps the development community save time and money as they build and scale innovative technologies. So, um, essentially, what this is, it's an all in one platform and enables brands to unlock the potential of NFTs. Uh, NFT collections and stuff like that. Now, you know, NFTs have had a wild ride. They got kind yeah. of hot, kind of popped. Um, well, you know, I, we, I know, we, I know. We did like a whole thing on NFTs, right? Oh, yeah. We, well, we did a whole a whole series about it. Um, yeah. Actually, the most popular episode in the history of Startup Hustle is WTF as an NFT. By quite right. a bit, actually, like it's yeah. like it it, it might, might it might, it's sure. number one. And what's interesting with that is that's a lot of the most popular episodes in the history of the podcast are the older ones because they just had more time to get listened to. So, right. yeah, that whole series. Now, um, the the while NFTs, as a lot of people are introduced to them, just seem like buying and selling JPEGs. Essentially, uh, there is a lot to the concept of NFTs, and I think that it really will evolve over time to be more than what people kind of thought they were with digital co collectibles only. But uh, that is in part of what they do. But yeah, making it easy to add Web three to your business and without hiring new developers. Now, yeah, as someone that you know you know, we help, if you need to find an expert software developer, it doesn't have to be difficult and fullscale.io helps you do that. But I, I'm very aware of the demand for Web3. The problem is, is until the world of professionals gets exposed to stuff professionally, yeah. they don't have the skills. So, you know, that's part of the issue with Web3. I was actually having a, a conversation, a, a very long conversation last night with another local entrepreneur here in Kansas city. And he was telling me how difficult it was to find web three and blockchain developers. And yeah. that's, you know, so tools that help, help develop general developers, you utilize these new, this new technology is really good and it'll get it out there and find more uses of it. And it also get more people exposed to it. And I, I, I think it's a good thing. So, you know, back to that, what I was mentioning about full scale, all you got to do is go to fullscale.io. You fill out a couple questions. We match you up with developers, testers, and leaders that can help you. 
Um, you know, but, but I mean, the struggle's real though. Like, I mean, we yeah. have started building training programs to get people exposed to open AI and different stuff like that. And it just takes time. So, For sure. you know, these tools that make things more accessible back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, Lauren, if you make it easy for people to help you, you'll get more help. Well, right. it's, you make it easy for people to do things that they're not necessarily, what's the number one reason that people say they won't do something? Oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that or I don't have the time. And yeah, so well, you, you, well, the first one is no one else knew how to do it until they learned how to do it. Yeah. And most, I hate it when people say I don't have enough time because if you go and talk to those people, they are usually wasting a ton of their own yeah, time. Yeah, they're, they're, they're doing the wrong, they're doing a lot of things, but sometimes they're doing the wrong things, right? Different subject. I could get into that. Yeah, I wrote a book on it. So I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, so next up, I got to tell you, Matt, I, I, I'm going to need an assist with this. And I, when, I just want to set oh, the no. stage because we're talking about something that you have depth of knowledge about that I absolutely do not. I worked I in the tech I feel like I might not, I but go ahead. We're, well, let's get, we're going to talk about Open Context <laughs> as, the right. next, as the next company on the list. So I, I'm going to open context creates a shared context that that brings all aspects of technology product delivery together in a graph based view, discovering hidden connections between teams, projects and code, increasing automation and clarity and context clarity across the organization. The relationship between teams, code, infrastructure, policies, customers and products can be tracked by the entire organization using open context. And so I'm, I'm looking over this and I'm going to, I'm going to check my understanding here, but so open context context is taking your code base and it is turning it into a, an interactive map of the different kinds of relationships that exist within your coding and development environments. Uh, it's reducing that SRE toil time, which I actually had to look this up, but it is, uh, hold on. Do you know what SRE stands for off the top of your head? Nope. I just forgot. Site reliability engineering. Oh, site reliability engineering. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an actual position. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a site reliability engineer it does exactly what it sounds like. And that's the person that is supposed to make sure shit doesn't break. Okay. Right now, look, that, that gotcha. for most of us that use software or platforms or websites, that becomes a very generalist thing. Like the worst thing you can do is tell your software team, hey, it's broken. Where and how? So I'm going to use gigabook.com as an example. Let's all right. So scheduling and booking. So for example, you schedule an appointment to be on this podcast. It sends you a notification saying that you're scheduled. It'll send you a reminder. It sends one to me. It sends one to the team. It includes a lot of different things. Now look, that you can get a, you get a text message, you get an email. The, just think of that as, think of a circle on a, on, on a piece of paper that has a bunch of lines that point out different directions. One of them says email to host, text message to host, reminder to host, you know, you see, they go on all in different directions. Now let's say that the developers want to make a change to one thing. Yeah. Now, if you have deeply complex software platforms and tools, it's, it's not always easy to understand the relationship of what one bit of code does with everything else. So you might be thinking you're improving one thing and accidentally break six others. And it yeah. is a really, really difficult thing. So like Gigabook's exactly like that. There's all these cogs and different things that are working in the background and they're automated. And it's very difficult for software engineers, especially people that are newer to Teams, or perhaps product managers or product owners that are trying to understand what does what and how. Right. And I know this, I, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm really excited about what Open Context does because I know how much freaking time we took to map this out once, like by hand. Well, and not because, because we like, wanted to stop that issue of people didn't understand the cause and effect relationship to what different things did. Cause, uh, cause Here's one thing, like, like I said, you can try to fix one thing and break nine others accidentally and create this like landslide of yeah. bullshit for your well, users. It, it, yeah. One of the things, like when I was working in, in the tech industry, like one of the things that I think surprised me was how often developers rely on like each other and Google and like yeah. all of these different like data bank resources. Cause the fact is like, 
we're ne- I don't know if anybody is ever going to know how everything plays together. And every time you add any kind of integration or any time you add any kind of uh, functionality, you create more opportunity for things to break. And I know that that's actually why we changed CMS systems for our website, because I was like, we've got all of these tools. Like, I want something where the, the tools are built in rather than need to be like downloaded and things like that, because because things kept breaking and we didn't understand why. As, so I get that's that. why. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, well, so, so the thing that gets, the thing that's also, di- sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you no, off. The, the, the thing that gets difficult with that is a lot of people like founders and people that want to build software, they think, okay, we're going to add a new feature and benefits that come with it. And with that, like, it should just be easy to add that on. Look, the more yeah. layers you stack into these things, it doesn't just become one, 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 one step harder. It becomes exponentially harder. The more things you have to connect, yeah. more things. And then, you know, like there's this, uh, I don't want to get too technical here, but cron <laughs> jobs, these are scheduled tasks that occur inside your software platform and your server. And like, if those stop firing and doing different things, I mean, it really can, it can just cause a lot of stuff to go haywire. Yeah. And you know, the, in, in the end with a lot of the, well, a lot of the software tools and startups we talk about are, are the gears that grind businesses and move yeah. things forward. So if those gears don't if they break it can be a real problem so cheers to you open context i'm feeling like you could end up being my favorite startup in portland yeah well mainly because i've experienced that pain i know i i feel like this is definitely within your wheelhouse Mm -hmm. like thank you for the assist but i was like matt's gonna understand this and be able to i was reading sre and i was like yeah yeah. (laughs) we might have to do another business acronyms edition because they're and they're uh, they're infinite yeah site site reliability engineers i was like all right i'm out matt well, you, you talk about open context. I needed some context on that. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, very cool. Well, thank you. All for right. That. Next on the list, Reclaim.ai, co-founder Patrick Lightbody and co-founder Henry Shapiro. I'm changing my last name to Lightbody, by the way, because I'm coming I up on losing fabulous. 25 pounds this summer. I'm going to call you Mr. Lightbody from here on. Yeah, on. yes, please. please. <laughs> I, I'm still 244 pounds, though, so. Anyway, um, Reclaim.ai is an intelligent calendar assistant, time management platform, and AI scheduling automation app for Google Calendar. It's used by about 9,000 companies uh, worldwide. So it syncs your calendar, lets you express your needs for things you want to get done, and takes action by blocking flexible, adaptive time on your schedule. Yay! Woo! I like that. You know, as someone who's built a scheduling calendar, this is yeah. like a whole nother can of worms that goes with it. Um, people grossly underestimate how difficult calendaring is. And if you want to take a singular instance and put it on and off a calendar, that's not high technology anymore. But back to that cause and effect relationship we were just talking about with open context. So now let's get into, okay, you, me, Watson, and Andrew all need to find a time where we could talk that makes sense that yeah. isn't crowding other meetings or putting one of us in a different location where we need to be. That's the kind of stuff that Reclaim is going to help with. Just meaning like it's it, well, it and- removing unproductive times, putting things yeah. in, you know, and, and like there's, I, I've seen a couple things like this out there that are, that are, that are really active in helping you reorganize your calendar. I will say kudos for being brave because the last thing you ever want to do is mess up someone's calendar. Oh my God. <laughs> if you do, oh my God, they get violent. Cal- and- calendar management is like a whole soapbox that I get on because I'm like, first of all, if you're asking me to do something for you, it is on you to make sure if to it's send on me my account, calendar, right. it doesn't right. happen. Yeah. And so it is on you if you want me to help. Help Again, we go back to the help me, help you. Uh, but I mean, think about how difficult it was for us to even find this time to record, Matt. Yeah. I mean, poor Jessica had to go back and forth with us multiple times. And then like the other thing that I think just sounds super interesting here, because like I live and die by my calendar. I know that you do too. But so I just started an EMBA program. And so not only do I know that I'm going to have like the standard meetings and things like that, but I also know that I'm going to have to build in thinking time. I'm going to have to build in study time because if it's not on my calendar, people fill my calendar. (laughs) And so, so I love the idea 
of, of reclaim and the fact that they are helping you to figure out where your time goes and help make sure that like both my work and my personal stuff is is taken care of, like being able to set those clear boundaries. And I, I, I just think that this has the potential to be really, really helpful for people like you and me who it's like, if it's not on, on my calendar, it doesn't exist. And I have to be so very careful with my time management and my calendar management. So tools that make that easier, Reclaim might be my favorite. Uh, well, this, this is what's cool about things like AI and machine learning is yeah. that Okay, so I'm very predictable about the days that I record this podcast, yeah. right? And and I change that up a little bit, like seasonally, you know, like my kids just went back to school and that might change, you know, I, so I don't want to schedule recording times at times when I'd actually might be around, could be around my kids. Yeah. Now, for example, AI would recognize that um, on Mondays and Thursdays, I record two episodes and that takes from 10 a.m. to about 2 p.m. Um, each day. Monday and Thursday. So if it sees that pattern for times that I, in the future that I haven't allotted for recording, yeah. it's, it's going to know that there could be a potential future conflict there because it sees the pattern and we are very patternistic and, and at people, but it could right. be the same thing. Like you look at on your calendar every day at four, it says, pick up the kids but maybe you have that in for two months, AI would recognize that pattern right. and not just randomly schedule you at 4 p.m. You know, like, yeah. so that's, 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 and that's what, that's what tools like Gigabook, quite honestly, aren't going to do well without something like AI. Cause right. you also can't just assume too much without observing those patterns and the nature of them. But yeah, when it gets to calendars and time times and stuff like that, we are, we are fairly predictable as humans. So yeah, cheers to, to reclaim.ii helping people reclaim their time and their productivity. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, if time's a finite resource, the best that if you can, you need to try to maximize it. And I, I'm, I'm in for any tool that will help you do that. Yeah. Same. Thank you. Reclaim. We love you. Reclaim. Uh, so next up on the list, we have a, we have another company that I am just, it, it's right up my alley and I am poised to love it because we're talking about year one, uh, with CEO and co-founder Stephen Ajay and chief product officer and co-founder Samuel Ajay. Gosh, I wonder if they're related. I can't uh, imagine they are. <laughs> so year one helps individuals that are coming out of code schools. It helps them land really great jobs and then supports them through their early careers in technology companies. And so I love this company for several reasons. First I do off, too. Yeah. one of the things that they mention is that they, they are helping, helping companies hire and support non-traditional slash underrepresented early software engineers. And Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. With Innovate Her KC, what do you think is the number one thing or the number one community support that we offer to people who reach out to us? Helping people find jobs or opportunities. Helping people find jobs or opportunities. But not only that, we hear, I personally hear from tech companies on a super regular basis. And what happens is these tech companies, like the CEO will reach out to me and be like, hey, we're not hiring enough women. Tell me why. And I'm happy to do this work. I consult around it occasionally. And like, I'll look at it. And I mean, I always have a million ideas, but more often than not, what, come, what it comes down to is the largest part of the pipeline, the hiring pipeline, which is the, the funnel, where you're getting your applicants, where are you asking for applicants, what organizations and people are you building relationships with to find historically underrepresented, historically marginalized software engineers. And there, there are any number of ways that you can do it, but what year one is doing is they are helping not only support their students as they get educated and matriculate and get it, find jobs in the real world, but year one is going to be helping these companies strengthen their pipelines. And that's that's where we start. There are any number of things culturally that you can do internally to make your, your teams diverse. And those are all great things. But the first thing we have to do is we have to find the people before we can cultivate the people. So I love that. I love that year one is putting a focus on offering that kind of hands-on support, not just once they graduate from the program and leave the program, but they're offering those people support throughout their, throughout their journey, the first part of their journey to make sure that the company is getting a good employee, that the employee feels supported and is able to start their, their, 
I guess, employment journey from a strong foundation. And I just think that that is so cool. They're setting people up for success on both sides, right? The the people who are hiring and the people who want to be hired. I, I mean, I'm into it big time. I mean, this yeah. is the business I'm in. What um, you, man? <laughs> I, mean, I spent the last year and a half working with our team in Cebu City in the Philippines to establish relationships with all the local universities because yeah. we provide well, and I mean, scholarships, scholarships and internships and yeah. stuff like that. And even though there's a huge demand for uh, software developers worldwide, there's a huge demand for people with experience. And it can be kind of challenging. Uh, we have some ways that, okay, we don't care what your grades are. Yeah. We care how you perform on our assessments and within our, you know, we have two sides of that technical. And then there's like in-person interviews and, you know, there, I mean, look, if you were the top student at your high school, put your earmuffs on right now, but it doesn't <laughs> mean you're the smartest kid at the school. Right. It means you're the best at taking tests yeah, and, some and doing and doing stuff. Well. Right. So there's a yeah. lot, there's a lot to be said out there. Um, as you're aware, we put a, we, we take a lot of pride in the, in the high uh, count of, of female developers, testers, and leaders we have at full scale. Um, and you know, that's, you know, that's, that's a, something we like to hang our hat on. We're, we're really proud of that, but yeah. We, and it, really it is- quickly, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to say this because I don't necessarily know that you would, but when, when Matt and I first started getting to know each other, I don't even know if you remember this, but I think I asked you how many women you had working for full scale at the time. And, and I don't remember if you had like an exact number or not, but I remember that it was like a, it, it was a significant number and you don't often see that. And like, I know that you have to create an intentional culture particularly within heavily male dominant industries like technology. Like you have to be super intentional about creating an an environment where women feel comfortable coming and working for you. And not just that staying, because I think you told, you gave me a retention stat where like your women retention rate is off the chart. I mean, it's almost non-existent for for, uh, resignation. It's not a perfect record at this point. I mean, we have 325 employees five years later. I don't know that anybody would expect that. But I just, I want to, I really want to shore up your point, your point that like you, you put a lot of thought and a lot of energy into making sure that, that women feel welcome to your team. And so when you and I were first getting to know each other, like that was a criteria for me. I was like, had you answered that question and been like, of 200 employees, we have two women. I would be like, fuck right off. We don't really have much to talk about here. And here's the thing is, you know, it's a, it's a ratio challenge. Cause like, here's the thing is even being a top employer of female developers, we're still like barely under 20%. But, but, but here's the thing for those of you listening, that is about (laughs) 20 times higher. Yeah. Here in the United States, like I can't, I don't even know. I don't even. I'm not even sure I know like a double digit number of female software developers because it's just not what we end up pushing people towards sometimes. But I know. yeah, so anything that that makes it easier, we're, that's apparently my theme today. Yeah. Make it easier for people to do the right thing, and they do the right thing. So, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's, well, well, I and, and you know, here's the thing though: scale. it can be challenging as someone with no experience <laughs> to get good professional opportunities. So, something yeah. that can springboard you in there, help you show the value that you can provide to a team. Because trust me, the employers out there want to hire the next generation of leaders. That's what we're doing with our yeah. relationships with the schools. It's we jokingly call them our whiz kids. Cause they are whiz kids, you know, but here's the yeah. thing. And they, and, but we have an intentional approach with that. You know, we always want to team them up with people that have a lot of experience. We want to put them in projects that don't overwhelm them, right. but they're, they're really smart and they figure it out and the word's out on that now. And we're just getting huge yeah. amounts of applicants for our internships, applications for the scholarships. We have fast track programs. And now here's the thing. It takes a little, it's going to takes a little time for this to bake in the oven. Right. But what does your company look like if you're hiring these all-star caliber people year after year after year and they grow up inside your company? Yeah. If you want to have an all-star team, you got to have all-star players. So that's, that's right. pretty much how it works. Well, and so that's how it works, you know, at full scale. And I knew that, but that is also the year one is taking another approach from the to to the to the problem of of diversity in tech. And I just thank you, year one. You are doing incredible work. You are making my job. <laughs> 
just a little bit easier. And I appreciate that about you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so this next company on the list actually may have raised more money than anyone I can. I can't, I think there's, there, there for, I think there's maybe only a small handful of companies and I can't even think of them that I've interviewed or talked about on the show that have raised more 632 million here. Um, congratulations, Orca security. Um, you know, they offer 100% agent lists, full stack, deep visibility into AWS, Azure, Google cloud, and, you know, unified cloud native application protection platform. What does that mean? Um, you, look, the whole, the whole, cybersecurity thing. It, it's yeah. real. It's, it's complex. There's a lot going to it. Everyone knows they need it. For sure. Um, you know, essentially you, you end up as a software company, you're using Amazon web services or Azure and there, and, and guess what? There aren't enough cloud engineers to help you with that, which makes the security protocols even harder to deal with. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get too deep into what this is, but you know, overall, like, you know, this, this is a, this is a booming thing and Orca is clearly uh, becoming an industry leader in this. So congratulations to you. Congratulations. Yeah. I love it. Uh, next up. And, and, and I believe that this is the last, but not 12. Least. Yes. But they're on not 12th on the list. They are just the 12th they're just, company they're the last on one that we're talking the about, list. Which, is, which is why I say last, but definitely yeah. not the least. Last is last. You're <laughs> on it or you're not. Yeah. We're, ta we're talking to Rally. So Rally, uh, Rally is the developer of checkout payment software for modern brands to bridge e-commerce front and backend platforms. So it, its platform combines headless commerce, which was a new term for me, and I'm going to do a deep dive headless on this. Headless commerce. Headless right. commerce with a Web3 token approach that allows a merchant to own a piece of the network. The term headless refers to the ability to change the front end or back end of a website without affecting the other. Now, Interesting. what that means, <laughs> so Rally is currently working with 50 e-commerce merchants, providing one-click checkout with payment processing and tools for post-purchase offers that turn the purchase into a multi-revenue channel by allowing the merchant to inject offers after the checkout, which I freaking love because I am cheap. Matt, you know this. You know that I'm cheap. And when I buy things, I love it when merchants send me the follow-up, hey, for your next purchase, here's 10% off. Thanks for buying with us today. And creating those additional marketing channels, marketing funnels, and opportunities. And, and so I really, really love, like, if you are using Rally, if, a, if somebody comes to your website and buys from you, instead of going right to a thank you page, you're going to be offered the option to maybe upgrade to a subscription or purchase something similar or, or you know, add something to your to your shopping cart that doesn't actually interrupt the payment flow, which I, I super dig. I think that that's a really, really fun opportunity for companies to maximize the revenue opportunity. Like you bought this over here. It's highly likely that you will then buy this. Let's make sure that we put that opportunity right in front of you. And as a business owner, anything, anything I can do to increase my bottom line, I want to do it. And as a consumer, a cheap consumer at that, if I'm getting good deals and I'm seeing, I'm getting, you know, visibility into other products where I can, I can get a good deal off of it. Yeah. I'm going to want to do that too. So Rally is bringing together some really, really interesting viewpoints. And I, I, I really like it. So, you know, Amazon changed the way that people want to buy things in an e-commerce setting. And yeah. with that, you you see an industry leader like that. And what that does is that forces everyone else to raise their game. Yeah. Now, when you that here's the thing is collecting money and checkout and payment processing is a lot is that is a little more complex than a lot of people think it might be. You know, there's yeah. a lot of security protocols. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Because the last thing you want is your system telling you that you collected money for something and you didn't. Now you send it out. or And then there's obviously error, things you got to go through related to fraud. You want to avoid that. It's just a whole lot of stuff that, that can stop the transaction. And what I really like about this is they're, they're, they're enabling access for one-click buying. But the problem with one-click buying is a big part of so many retail or online, you know, e-commerce type brands is the add-on sale. Right. And, you know, like I used to work at a musical instrument store and if someone comes in and buys a guitar for their kid, but you don't sell them extra strings, a tuner and some picks, 
they you come back to the store and they're like, why didn't you tell me I need this? Or they just <laughs> never have it and it doesn't work out now. Yeah. You know, so there are certain things that, you know, I like that. I like the accessibility that they're providing and still retaining the lack of steps that make people not buy or, yeah. you know, like, so, so yeah. yeah. Rally, rally Thanks, up. Rally. Well done, friends. You know, you know, Lauren, if you want to rally around something, you could rally around hiring software engineers, testers, and leaders at fullscale.io, where we have the people, the platform, and the processes to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you go to fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders at Fullscale. We specialize in building long-term teams that only work for you. Learn more at fullscale.io. Um, by the way, I recorded with a guest the other day who stopped me after my insertion of an ad read and said, Matt, I'm a podcast junkie, and that was maybe the best ad insertion nice. I've ever had. And I said, thank you. I Thank give you, you props for have, that all the time. I have worked on that for you. It. I am your you grasshopper. I need to hear it from a third realize. party, though, not people that are already on the squad. I mean, I'm telling you, man, you've got a yeah. gift. You're really, really good at taking incongruous uh, conversations. I'm really good at shelling ads out, of, out and letting you as a listener not have any prep time to hit that forward 15 or 30 second That's button. Right. So congratulations. No. Well done, all right. It's time, you know, I was, I was hunting for a favorite and then I got, I, I got more than one, you know, yeah. I love open context. I love what that does I because knew you I say that I, knew I have it. experienced the pain that they are trying to alleviate and yeah. it's real. It is. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's time consuming. Uh, I like reclaim.io too. Cause yeah, I, I, I was actually going to yeah. go with Reca reclaim. So, so, I mean, I've definitely got folks that I like, so I love your one. Amina was fascinating to talk to. I'm super excited about what radius represents as well as the product, but man, I got the thing that I feel like it, it could make a big difference in my life is that reclaim. Uh, I, I gotta tell you, man, like my calendar is my Everest on any given day, trying to figure out how to manage everything, squeeze it in. And, and my adherence to my calendar has to be so spot on in order to make my life work. And I like, as you were talking, I was like, I want to go to reclaim right now. Where do I sign up? Who do I give my money to? Please take my money. Uh, so I'll take reclaim your money. Is, you'll take my money. Yeah. <laughs> no, you won't. Let me have uh, it. <laughs> so reclaim, I think is my, my functional number one with a bullet. And then, but I, but I also love year one and radius, of course. And there you have it. Something Another episode. I believe that's the first time we've been to Portland. I, I think so too. But now we must say goodbye. Portland, we love you. On to the next city. I'll see you in a month. Catch you later. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.